mistakes that we make as human beings is overestimating the value of human life. I don't know, I, I just, I never really set out to become a good influence. I think I've always kind of been pushed that way and I didn't mean to. <laughs> um, there are phases in my life where I feel very, I don't know. I think we lose perspective as people. We lose perspective of how unimportant we are and it's the biggest mistake that we make because it keeps us from making a lot of good choices in respect to how we live and how we treat other people and how much we care about other people's lives and what they do. Um, it also gives a sense of immense meaninglessness to a lot of things that we find very, very meaningless or meaningful. So it's unfortunate. It's a very unfortunate thing for somebody who is as self-involved and narcissistic and has as inflated of an ego as I do to admit the fact that I'm kind of nothing. But I think once you embrace that, it's a really liberating feeling. Like, nobody is forcing you to be a good person. There's absolutely nothing that says that you have to be a good person, ever. There's nothing that says that you owe anyone even the slightest bit of good behavior. There's nothing that says that you owe anyone any retribution for anything that they do. There's really, there's no consequences to most things. I mean, I think it'd be very, very surprising once you free yourself from the idea that humans are worth a damn, how liberated you'll feel. And I don't mean this is some side of sort of psychopathic manifesto. What I'm just saying is that I don't owe anybody anything, and you don't owe anybody anything. None of us owe anybody anything, and none of us deserve any of what we get or what we have. Um, I think the one thing that keeps me from being an anarchist is the idea of humanity being innately good. And as fuzzy of a concept as good is, I don't believe that. And I don't know if that's remnants of having a very um, original sin sort of upbringing or if that's just how I think, because I don't know how I think. I don't really believe in the good of humanity. I think humanity is cowish and boring and uninteresting and completely inflated and destructive and stupid. Just really, 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 really 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 stupid um and i see it in myself like like my 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 flaws are if not immediately apparent then apparent with time i'm detached i'm self-absorbed i have delusions of grandeur i am horrible at a lot of things that involve thinking i'm lazy i'm 
very fickle, <laughs> very, very fickle. Um, anyone who's known me for any measure of time knows that I will make you feel like the absolute most loved person and say the absolute most wonderful things for like a year or two. And then I will completely detach myself as a person because I can't stand the idea of being in long-term relationships with people. It's exhausting. It's very, very, very exhausting. I don't know how to make it come across that I'm not a bad person for never wanting to have human contact ever. And the only reason that I ever really ever had human contact is because I absolutely have to or I would starve. Which is another thing that I don't know how to fix because I don't know of any solution that it would, would involve me doing no work for my food. Um, but at the same time, I know that no matter what I do, even if I get my dream job where I've been doing this thing where I want to be a musician, I, I get that. Um, I'm going to be traveling a lot, which means that if I'm still dating Kyle, that means that I'm going to be not around him most of the time, which is sad. Um, that's going to put a strain on a relationship, which is unintentional. Um, if I have a family, that means that I have to sort of abandon it. It's, it's a, it's a game of not enough time for as much as I want to get done. And that seems to be a fairly common problem. I, I'm not the only one who's stuck in retail and hates their job and hates their working for a corporate disaster. And yeah, it, it's not an uncommon thing. And it's driven even more nuts by the fact that I think all of us know how meaningless we are and therefore it's okay for these companies to exploit us. And pretty much as long as you get what you want, and other people are willing to comply into it or are forced to comply into it, there's a validity to that, unfortunately, <laughs> because it's possible. And if it's possible, then people will do it because people are awful. And the thing is that my ideal of the world is unrealistic. I want everything without having to do anything for it. I don't really think that I have the capacity to be happy with anything that I'm doing. Um, I think I've just accepted the fact that the great majority of anything that I do, no matter what I do, no matter how I do it, is going to be miserable for me. And I guess I just have to find something that is more fulfilling. I'm being a little calloused. I, I realize that I'm being, <laughs> I'm being very detached as a person because I'm trying to be as arbitrary as possible, even though arbitrary is not possible. I think I'm just coming at it from a very nihilistic point of view. Um, the point is it's not okay for people to take advantage of each other. 
because they are also worthless. And the idea of money creates this sense of power, power which is completely fake and completely unshakable. Um, I thought for a really long time that I could deal with being a sugar baby because I'm nihilistic and I don't care. And by all means, I've done things to humiliate myself and to humiliate others because I enjoy that streak of slight violence that is required in being a debaucherous person. I think I... I thought that I'd be good at it because it would be the sort of life where I was paying for sex, for money. Um, but I ran into a couple of problems. One is ideological, one is just my personality. Personality-wise, I'm a recluse, and I cannot stand the idea of somebody... of being at someone's beck and call. I, I cannot stand the idea of somebody having more of my attention than I want to give. And I run out of attention very quickly, and I am very, very distant. So I don't think that I could be around a sugar daddy long enough to... Yeah, I'd go nuts. I hate people. Um, I have very few people that I actually genuinely enjoy being around for long amounts of time, and I think the feeling is mutual. Um, the other thing is I couldn't live with the idea that because of this fake concept that is money, um, that whoever it is would have the power to elicit sexual favors out of me or just my companionship or whatever, that something as fake as money would have such a direct control over my life. And it already does. I don't know how to evade it. I don't really care about legacy. I don't want to be remembered. I don't care about leaving an ideology for future people. I don't care about people remembering any of what I do or what I say. All that I really want is to be able to live a life where I am in control of my life and I can do whatever I want and I am appreciated for being as strange as I am because I'm a very strange person and I I'm so tired of being <laughs> this conventional retail sodomite. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. I'm running out of acting skills. Um, and it makes me wonder what alternatives I have. I, I have the very comfortable ideal of becoming a person who has a family in, in a more conventional sense and looking at my life pragmatically, the times where I'm, I've been happiest in the last year are the times when I'm with my partner who I love very, very much and who makes me very, very happy and it's not flawless, but I very much enjoy it. I, I can forget about the existential dread of being alone and I, as much as I think it's pathetic to chase after a relationship, like I have to be very, very honest in the fact that 
if I wasn't in a relationship, I probably would be a lot more lost and a lot more miserable than I am right now. And I don't intend on making my partner my happiness. Um, and by all means, if we ever broke up, I would deal with it and move on. And there would be things that I could do as a single person that I can't do as someone who's in a relationship where you have to care about the other person's feelings about yourself. Um, but at the same time, pragmatically, of all the things that have made me happiest in the last year of my life, that's one of them. So the logical explanation would be to become a family person and to just kind of stabilize myself in my job where I can find something that's slightly fulfilling but doesn't take up too much time, move to somewhere comfortable where it doesn't take too much effort to live and to gain a living doing whatever, um, have a family, uh, have a husband, have, even if not marriage, just to dedicate myself to a more domestic life and cook and write on the side and not really worry about that. that. That seems like the most pragmatic solution, but I have this part of me that is not happy unless I'm doing something off-putting. <laughs> um, I have the part of me that at least right now that I'm young and have energy and angst and anger and am being wronged by the world, I can use that anger to my advantage to turn it into my one space in the world where I can be loud. Because I don't think anybody ever tells you how quiet you have to be all the time as an adult. Like, even right now, like... I have to mind how loud the piano is. I can't sing too loud because we have neighbors. If I'm at my like partner's place, then I have to be even more quiet because fucking neighbors have noise complaints and stuff like that. And I am the kind of person who enjoys very loud music. And most of what I want to do with my life is goth, rocky, EDM type of shit. And fortunately, electronic music, I can just put through my headphones, but... I have an electric guitar that I've been wanting to like put on full blast for a really long time and I haven't been able to figure out where to do that or how to do that without getting in massive trouble. I I don't know, drums seem like a good idea. I like to scream, I like to make lots of loud music. I kind of have to make loud noises that are really weird and kind of off-putting in order to filter them and make them into something that's a little bit more, that makes sense, that, that, that makes sense within a musical context. And I don't think that we as a humanity are given enough room to be loud, um, particularly not in the States. Like, I was very shocked, even as a kid. I don't think that I really noticed the difference until I got older because it just seemed like the States and Mexico were two different worlds um, that functioned very differently, and I just sort of accepted that. But it wasn't until later on that I began to analyze what was happening, and I realized that, like, Mexican Christmases were loud, really, really, really loud, um, and American Christmases were very quiet, family-oriented things where you read and um, just eat quiet food. Like, it's not like... Tamales are, like... It's a loud food. It's something that you eat on the road. It's We have firecrackers and trumpets and people are making lots of loud noises and you have loud parties and like not my family, but most people would get very, very drunk and that's 
Christmas and, and I like just going from that and I didn't think that I liked that as a kid but I think the older that I've gotten the more I've appreciated loud people um, it might be homesickness it might be just me deciding one day that I wanted to be not a type A little nerdy kid and become more of a punk whatever like my brother was um, I don't know what made that change in me <laughs> but it was very drastic and it happened and, and I'm very frustrated by how quiet I have to be always um, so domestic life doesn't seem like the route that I want to go at least not for right now at least not the way that it's done I have no intention of doing anything anybody else's way and as much as I can deconstruct domestic life with my own brain I will do it because it's been done before and I know that I can get away with it and I think society's rules are bullshit and I would much rather mold my life to my own liking so Domestic life is the logical conclusion, but my heart says that I need to have these lofty artistic ideals that I'm not even sure are achievable, and I'm not sure that will actually make me happy if I do achieve them. I don't even know how to start going about that, because nobody cares until everybody cares about artistic endeavors, and all that I'm going to be is an irritant until something actually happens, and even then after something happens I'm probably still going to be an irritant anyway. Those seem like the two options. The third option would be some sort of <laughs> absolute debauchery, where I kind of go in a blaze of glory, admitting the fact that I'm never going to be happy, and taking out some of the darker impulses in myself um, knowing that I won't live to see the consequences um, and to be honest a lot of things have happened in the last year that have made me veer away from that but that's where I was very much headed for a very long time um, it seemed like the ultimate satisfaction and I don't do well without having the ultimate satisfaction in my brain Regarding the podcast, there were a couple things that happened. First of all, I'm having a massive identity crisis, and I, I don't really know what to do about gender, because there's the very... I don't think that I understood how affected I am by what people think around me, because in college it was very easy to say that gender is not a thing and that I'm not affected by gender and that I am agender and uh, not anything like that because people just sort of accepted it but in living even a year in a place back where it's not a thing anymore it's very difficult to not internalize that um, and having worked at somewhere like Spencer's I got to see a lot of stereotypes about non-binary people and in a lot of those cases, I didn't want to be associated with them. There's no particular reason. I just 
don't like people and people engender stereotypes and stereotypes are ridiculous cartoon things and I <laughs> internalize things way too much um, so a year of having to be male again and not really having much like even now I, I work somewhere where I wear mostly women's clothes I wear a lot of very flashy jewelry I like there's still that part of me that feels that inescapable um, like you're a man like you're a man like everybody sees you could be literally wearing a dress or a skirt and like a low cut like flowery blouse um, with some flashy rhinestone shit and everybody looks at me and says sir so why should I think any differently um, <laughs> it's just kind of inescapable and frustrating because it doesn't matter like let's say that I am still a sir no matter what I do what if I want to just not be it doesn't matter nothing matters why are people so hung up about it it's not a big deal it's as a matter of fact it's kind of a hurtful deal because it teaches people a lie that there is some sort of order to this world when there isn't in that respect it's harmful it's harmful to think of order rules are very very harmful and i'm very resentful of them because they're not without their consequences. They never have been without their consequences. So people see me and they say, sir and he, and there's a part of me that likes to play along with that because there's a part of me that's very turned on by masculinity because I am a faggot and that happens with faggots. Um, I love that part of me and I don't really want to change it and I have no idea of becoming this no intention of becoming this person who has completely cut off every masculine part of myself um, and I use masculine in very quotation terms I just you know what I mean which is why I use it so I don't know what to do with that because there's a part of there's a part of me that's very I'm probably pronoun indifferent but the thing is that nobody's ever going to gravitate towards she naturally so there are there's a part of me that feels very trapped and that needs to change the way that I look so that people will perceive me as how I see myself um, further than Prince or David Bowie or anything like that, like more of a John McLean sort of thing where everybody assumes that he's a she and then he could be punk rock about it and say that he's a he. That's amazing. That's everything that I want out of life um, to present as something that I wasn't born presenting as, to have completely transformed myself and made myself unrecognizable because I have a deep hatred for who I was 
I suppose that's another thing is that I'm very afraid that I'm running my decisions based on a hatred of who I was rather than who I want to be. And by all means, I don't have to admit what I was like. I don't have to embrace what I was like. I don't have to justify the change. I don't have to anything about it. If I make up a lie about absolutely everything of who I was, which I did for a very long time, um, and that lie helps me live my life better and embrace myself more fully as the person that I want to be rather than the person that I should be based on who I was, I'm gonna do it. I don't care. I don't care enough about the truth to fuck up my life, to make myself anything other than I want to be. And I'm very afraid of being a reaction of who I was, which is part of the reason why I lied so much about who I was and how I acted and what I did and what my interests were and what I liked and what I didn't like um, in every sense towards more conservative than I was and towards more rebellious than I actually was. Um, and none of it are untruths. They're based on truth, which is the way that I can get away with it because it has enough of a truth where I can believe it and deliver it. Um, not forever, because people eventually find out things and then you get in trouble, but and people don't trust you, which is valid. Um, but I don't ever want to be a reaction to who I was. So in regards to lying, I'm gonna lie because I don't want to be a reaction to who I was. I want to reinvent myself as somebody with the background that I wanted to be and just go from there. But I'm also acutely aware of who I was and acutely aware of the relationships that I had to people and acutely aware of the fact that I am reacting to it no matter what I do because that's how humans work. Um, so don't think that I've forgotten anything or blocked it out. Um, I just live in my own fiction because fiction's more interesting than reality. And whoever said that reality is more interesting than fiction hasn't read a book. I never made myself out to be a good person except that I did, and that's the problem. I don't really want to be a force for good. I want to be a force for freedom. That's the only good that I can see and the only good that makes sense to me. So by all means, I've been doing myself a disservice in alienating myself from people who A, make myself feel more liberated and B, I can help to be more liberated and see I just like a lot. I don't know why I reject people so easily. I don't mean to. I didn't mean to reject Sebastian. I just got very, very depressed. And after I was depressed, I was in a relationship. And then after I was in a relationship, I was busy. Um, and I would apologize over and over and over and over again. I would 
talk about because I'm aware I'm aware um, I would apologize for being cold and there was a time when I had consciously made a decision to be a nicer person at work and I was a nicer person to everybody except for Sebastian and seeing Sebastian and going back into that asshole place of myself hurt me because I knew that they didn't deserve to be treated that way um, so I cut them off and I would apologize for that and then not do anything about it and then I would apologize for being distanced and not do anything about it and then I would apologize that I wasn't here when Stephanie and Sebastian and Holmes were here and they had the entire summer to themselves and I would apologize that Sebastian had to dream about having conversations because they were so conversation starved and eventually I found out that I was getting more of a rush from apologizing than from actually doing anything and the apologizing would give me enough of a rush that I would not do anything about it so I'm not going to apologize and if I fuck up, I fuck up and I'm gonna live with those regrets but I'm not gonna apologize because I think it's more harmful than doing good and I hope they'll understand <laughs> what I'm meaning by what I'm doing there was also a definite content creator burnout which is ridiculous to think about how much of a burnout there was for somebody who has such an insignificant career. So, <laughs> I was tired of the facade of the person that I made myself out to be. I was tired of how one-sided all of our perspectives are. Um, I was tired of being an influence purely for good when we'd started out the channel as something that was more meant to be comedy than social justice warrior like I was tired of the image of myself I was tired of letting people in to very intimate parts of myself and even this feels <laughs> disgusting I don't want people in to this part of myself it's so antithetic to everything that I want to be I'm not ready to be an open person. I don't want to be an open person. I never want to be an open person. And I think that if I'm going to not go nuts, I have to be very calculated about how much I let people in. I'm getting tired of talking. <laughs> Life's hard. It's, it's very, very difficult. And I've had a very charmed life. I literally went from being a sales associate when I graduated college to one year later being basically the store manager where I work. I now make enough money to where I'm not starving, but in order to make that money, I am gone always. So I have very, very little effort to give between work, which is where I spend most of my day, and then a relationship that I want to invest a lot of time in, and then friendships that I care a lot about and then the podcast that I want to continue, and then the like artistic ambitions that are going to take me taking them as a full-time job for me to be able to do anything with them. Because as it is my brain's rotting, I'm not as intelligent or creative or interesting as I used to be. I'm not as 
driven or anything because I don't have time and I don't have energy and I haven't practiced anything. I, I'm a shell of who I was, which is embarrassing because who I was wasn't that great to begin with. So I have this impasse where I have to make some very calculated decisions about who I want to be and what I want to do and who I care about and how much I care about them and how committed I want to be to these artistic ambitions of mine and it's all going to take a very calculated process and as much as I want to keep the podcast a thing I have to be realistic with myself and that this is something that's going to take a lot of effort and a lot of transparency and a lot of letting people into my life and <laughs> strangers into my life how I think um, and that's problematic in my world because I don't want strangers involved in my life I don't want to be honest and I have to carve a life out for myself where I can dedicate myself full-time to things like this, like content creation and writing and music and art and theater and performance and because in the end I'm going to die and I'm not going to matter and what really matters is what I feel right here, right now, what I want, what I can do to get that and I have very little moral ambitions <laughs> with what I'm doing and I wish that I could be a better person but I don't believe in morals enough to stand by them so I don't know I don't know how things are going to work out I don't know who I'm going to be, I don't know what sort of life I'm going to carve out for myself. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm still young. I'm still interesting, I suppose. And as much as I don't think that people are worth a damn, there are people that I love very, very, very much, and they give me hope that people like, I don't know, Sebastian and Alan, Stephanie and Kyle and, like, Lydia and Anna, like, are all emblematic of how people are inside, regardless of how I see them. And I'll do my best to keep myself attached um, but it is difficult and in the end it doesn't matter so 
I don't know how long I can keep this sort of hedonistic approach to things up. So we'll see how well that runs. And then we'll reanalyze it and come back to it later. But for now, I think the only thing that I can really say is that life doesn't matter and people don't matter. And you don't have to be a good person and you don't have to be an interesting person. You don't have to be a cool person. You don't have to fit in. You don't have to stand out. You don't have to change who you are. You don't have to grow. You don't have to be accountable for how you think and how you feel. Just feel liberated in what you're doing. Whatever you're doing, have something about it bring you happiness. And as much as you can, don't inhibit, inhibit the freedom of others. I guess that's it. I just want to say after I went on that whole psychopathic rant manifesto that I'm really happy. I have a partner who I love a lot, who loves me. I make enough money to not be starving anymore and to start paying back debts. I've made huge strides with my family and like acceptance and things that I never thought were ever going to be possible. I have a new guitar. I have my instruments. I'm turning 25 and I feel like I keep having this really negative attitude towards everything and it's not accurate to my life. Anyway, I hope you're all good. I'll talk to you later. <laughs>